All right, so we'll say good evening, good evening, let's begin. So the truth is we have to first start, we didn't finish off the Mar Macomos from last week. Um, so what I just did is, for those who weren't here last week, I just reposted last week's Mar Macomos in the chat. So you can follow along, just we left off at, uh, we left off at Source 19. Um, last week, actually a really interesting topic. So we'll say, so we find ourselves, and tonight, Amir Hashem, our intended goal is to Amir Hashem finish the Malacha of Choresh. That is our, that's what we're setting out to do. So let's begin. So in number 19, the Shkhanah says as follows. Again, so what you have in front of you tonight is Chilak Bays part two. We're just finishing off part one. Again, there are no extra copies of part one, but it's in the chat. So source 19. Ain't ein socha kim so Shlonach brings out an interesting halacha. You can't play with nuts, he says, either with nuts or with apples. Now, just what he's referring to over here is, they're playing with nuts on the ground. On the ground, it's like, I don't know, rolling nuts, pitching, I don't know, whatever, whatever it is, whatever the game exactly was. But Lamai said it required the rolling of nuts or the rolling of apples on the ground. So Shulchan says, you're not allowed to do this on Shabbos. Why? Out of a concern, because remember again, anything that deals directly with the ground, there's a fundamental concern that one may come to go out and level out the ground. A little Chazar from last week, remember. What's the Malach involved with leveling out the ground? It depends. What does it depend on? Where you're doing it. right? Remember again, outdoors, outdoors is an issue of Chorish. Indoors, ultimately, it's a potential issue of binyan. So here again, the Shulchan Aruch says, So you can't go out and play this game on the ground out of a concern that you may come to level out the ground. So again, if you do that in your home, that's a potential issue of bona. If you do it outside, that's a potential issue of chorish. Here it is. But this is dafka on, on the ground. But ultimately, again, if you're playing, let's say, the game on a table, it's not a problem. Because obviously, again, the only time you have to get concerned with the possibility, even of leveling out the ground, is when you're on the ground. But if you're playing the same game, ultimately, again, on a table, it's not a problem. So we can skip the rest of the Shekhanah for now. So where, where, where does this have, where does this have a fundamental, like, practical application? So for example, what this would mean on a most basic level is that you're not allowed to play soccer on Shabbos, right? So again, leaving aside the other potential issue, I'm leaving aside the issue of ball playing on Shabbos as whether or not ball playing itself is permitted on Shabbos. Is it permitted? Is it uvdo duchal? We'll leave that on the side for now. Let's assume for a moment that technically playing ball is permitted. But again, what we see over here is that ball playing which requires the constant use or rolling of something over the ground is going to be fundamentally prohibited unless you come to level out the area. So therefore, again, so therefore, again, so therefore, so therefore, um, soccer is going to be prohibited. The post can bring down that along these same lines, basketball will be prohibited. Now, the interesting part, what, what's the chap with basketball? The chap is that any sport which actively requires the object that the sport is used for being used on the ground, so in the case of a basketball, it's being dribbled on the ground, will run into this issue of the shulchan aruch, of the concern of leveling out the ground to make it flat. So I will say, so this is really quite, or for that matter, again, what, what else does it include? It could include kids sitting on the ground and playing a game of gaga. It's the same, it's the same idea. Anything that ultimately, again, involves a ball or some other type of sporting item and constant and consistent use on the ground is going to be prohibited. Yeah. Why is playing basketball any different than playing 
knocks their apple on the table. I'm sorry? Basketball is usually not played. Oh, what's up? Chaim, I'm, I'm in the first source, man. Give me, give me like two minutes to get into this. Good. I get, let's, let's play it through. Let's play it through. Seriously? Pretend it's Michas Chavra, right? Just pretend it's Michas Chavra. Right. <laughs> now, good. So the reason I say basketball, the reason I say basketball is because, again, remember, basketball, technically speaking, could be something that a person is not necessarily playing on a hard court. You're asking, I, but what about something that a person normally plays on a hard court? People also play soccer, you know, on a, on a soccer. So we'll get to all of that. My point just is over here that any sport, any sport that could potentially be involved ultimately again with the ground would be Asra al Gumo. So take a look at number 20. So the Sefer Shisha Shabbos writes as follows. He says, Here's your point. But again, if you're playing on a solid court, on a solid ground, the Lo Shayach Ashvuye Gumos, Gam Kain Asr, the Karka Bekarka Michlef. So this is interesting. The Sefer Shvisas Shabbos holds that unlike sweeping, right, the again, remember, let's go back for a second, that unlike sweeping, where we made this distinction that, well, actually, leave out sweeping for just a moment. Shvisas Shabbos says that even if you're playing the sport on a hard court, ultimately it's still going to be Asr. Why? Because we're concerned that Lamaisa, Lamaisa, one may, con- may confuse one type of ground with another type of ground. And if we allow you to play it on a hard surface, you may think that you're able to play it on a regular surface as well. The Gazrinan, Atu Karka Merutsaf, the Hocha, Lo Mahani Mashebatea Emerutsafin, Shederech Lischok, Bechutsos, Uberechovos. So this is actually very interesting. So the, so the, so the Shri Shabbos brings down, he says that unlike sweeping, where we made this distinction, where Halacha Lamaisa, again, if the majority of homes in the city were, let's say, hard floors, that we said that Halacha Lamaisa, Halacha Lamaisa, there's no need to be gozer. In this case, it's going to be different. Why? Because in this case, the derech of these types of sports ultimately is to pe- play it on an unpaved surface. Now, to Chaim's point, you're right. So this wouldn't necessarily include basketball, but certainly would include soccer or any other game that by definition is usually, usually played on uh, what we'll called an earthen surface. So this is very interesting over here. So what you see the Shvisas Shabbos says explicitly is that unlike by sweeping, where we say that the majority of the floors in the home in the city are tiled floors, so then essentially the Xera kind of disappears on a tiled floor, on a hard floor. By, sporting, by sports, that's not going to be the case. By sports, even if for argument's sake, so in other words, let's say for argument's sake, you could say that the majority of, of soccer courts in the city are hard floors. Halach Shabbos would still say it's still Asr. It's still Asr. Why? Because the nature of the sport is to play it ultimately, again, on an earthen surface. Okay? Archa Shulchan number 21 says the following. He writes over here, he says, he quotes over here the whole halacha. Now, I'll say, if you take a look towards the end of it, he says as follows. He says, I'm sorry, actually, let's, let's read the whole thing, because the truth Shulchanach adds in a couple of interesting nuances. Aruch HaShulchan writes, 21. So that's everything we saw before, right? You can't go ahead and play a game on the earthen surface lest you come to level out the ground. And again, in the house, it's bona. Outside, ultimately, it's choresh. He goes on, it's says, so here, interesting, if the Aruch HaShulchan says 
that you are allowed to play these games. Look what he adds in over here. He says you can play it ultimately again on the table or on a home that has a solid floor. So you notice how the Archon adds that in. He says, because again, obviously, if you're playing on a table or you're playing on a hard surface, a hard floor, there's no concern that you're going to come to straighten out the ground. And he says, there's no concern that if we let you play a sport on a hard floor, that you'll come to play it on an earthen floor. Now, why not? Now, why not? So, I just want to point out what's happened to you over here. So, in number 20, the Sefer Shisa Shabbos brings down that we are concerned that if we let you play soccer on a solid court, on a solid floor, you'll come to play it on an earthen floor. Because that's the derech to play that type of sport on earth and for the Aruch HaShulchan says, we're not concerned about that. Why are we not concerned? Look at the last line, 21, last phrase. This is fascinating. The Aruch HaShulchan says, the only time that Chazal made a was for something that was considered to be what he calls a kavua activity. An activity that happens on a regular basis. But activity that doesn't happen on a regular basis, that doesn't have a kvius, chazal weren't gozer. So we'll say, so watch this. This is fascinating. So therefore, again, halacha So let's go back to last week's year. So remember again, sweeping. Sweeping. So therefore, in a case of sweeping, ultimately chazal said that even if you have a hard floor, you still can't sweep your floor. Why? Why not? What? Gzeira, you may come to sweep the earthen floor. Okay, so we saw the Berhalacha that says if the majority of floors in the city are hard floors, fine, leave them on the side. But why is there such a gzeira like that, says Arach HaShulchan? Because, because again, at the end of the day, that's a kavua activity. From the Arach HaShulchan's perspective, it's interesting. He holds that the playing of sports is not a kavua activity. He holds in that. Now, again, I will say, what does that mean? That people don't play sports on a regular basis? No, that's not what he means. He says there's a chilik between what we'll call activities of daily living versus activities that occur with, let's say, a frequency, but lav dafka, their daily activities. So therefore, he holds that Allah reminds the act of playing sports is not one of activities of daily living. Therefore, it doesn't fall under the umbrella of the gzeira. And therefore, again, remember the gzeira being, you can't do something even on a hard floor, lest you come to do it on an earthen floor. So therefore, the Aruch HaShulchan says, everyone will agree, you can't, can't play soccer, you can't play with the nuts, you can't play with the apples on an earthen floor, right? Everyone will agree with that. But whereas the Shulchan Aruch and the Shisas Shabbos seem to indicate that Allah Chalamaisa, even if you have a hard floor, you still can't. Al that you may come to do it on an earthen floor, the Aruch HaShulchan does not hold of that Gzeira. Therefore, there are Hashulchan Paskin that you could play as you could play with the nuts, the apples, soccer, as long as you have a hard floor. And we're not concerned that you may come to confuse this halacha with an earthen floor. Why? Because this is not considered to be a kavua, right? Established or, or activities of daily living. Fascinating halacha. If you take a look at number 22, in the Sefer Nishmas Shabbos, he writes as follows. He says, The Ba'ayaros Gedolos, Shekimat Kalamakon Shemibachot, Hin Mechusim Baritz Basavan and Obabiton. See here again, the Nishmas Shabbos just happens to write that if you live in a place, if you live in a place where let's say the majority of areas are paved, and even the majority of surfaces upon which sports are played are paved, this goes to Chaim's point, right? If the majority are paved, 
then halacha lemaisi he holds, then there would not be exera, and one would be permitted to go ahead and play these sports on Shabbos as well. So both say, what comes out, interestingly enough, is really two different schools of thought. On one hand, we have the Shulchan Aruch, Right, we have the Shulchan Aruch. Now, the Shulchan Aruch himself, his his own position, his own position is not abundantly clear. All the Shulchan Aruch tells us is that Allah Chalamaisa, you can't play these games on an earthen floor. That's what he says, right? And why? I concern you might level the floor. Then the Ramah comes along and says that ultimately it's only on the floor, but you can play it on the table. Okay. Shvisas Shabbos comes along, which is again is a contemporary safer. But Shvisas Shabbos comes along and says you can't even play those sports on a hard floor. Why? Why? Atu, atu, that you may come to, lest you come to go and play it on an earthen floor. An earthen floor. Okay, and at the end of the day, he says, I, but what about the fact that the majority of floors are paid? He says, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because the derech to play these sports is on an earthen floor. Aruch the whole conversation doesn't get started because the xero is never made for sports. The xero is only made for things that are activities of daily living. So if we allow you to go ahead and sweep your card floor, you may come to go ahead and sweep your earthen floor. But for sports, which is not considered to be activities of daily living, says Aruch HaShulchan, there's no gzera. Therefore, Allah so you could play it on a hard surface. Nishma Savram takes it a step further. That Allah that Allah if the majority of spaces are paved, ultimately no problem paying these sports on Shabbos. So what is the bottom line? With this, like I said, we're, we're kind of... We're not getting into, in general, the issue of ball playing on Shabbos as to whether or not it is the ideal Shabbos activity. Let's presuppose that it's not the ideal Shabbos activity. But again, kids are kids, and this is certainly not the sort to fall on and not the battle to wage, you know, in the chinuch of our children. That's absolutely for sure, right? But, but Lamaisa, but Lamaisa, so what should you do? So, okay, so let's, let's start with the easy stuff. So obviously, soccer is going to be usher. Soccer on, a, soccer on your front lawn, right? Soccer in your backyard, that is. But is there grass? What about grass? No, it's grass. It's, it's, it's any any time. No, grass. Grass is the same. Earth and earthen doesn't doesn't mean dirt or mud. It means earth. It means the ground. It means the ground. I'm sorry. It's something that's not paved. Correct. Correct. It's anything. So whatever we're talking about, when we say earthen, earthen is grass, earthen is everything. So I'll say, so let's go with what, what, what is clearly going to be awesome. So a game of soccer, a game of soccer on the grass is absolutely going to be unequivocally awesome. Now, again, I will point out, you run the risk of it actually being potentially, I mean, it's not going to be like a real Isidar Isa, because again, even if people are kicking up grass, it's Malachashin um, and Sricha, it's going to be, but Lamaisa, it's Asr, at least, at least Midirabanan. At least Midirabanan. Right? The question becomes, so we'll say, let's go with what's mutter, what's unequivocally mutter, right? Kids, kids playing ball, you know, kicking around the soccer ball in the basement. I don't mean that like it's mutter, like, because you allow that in your house. I mean that like, technically from Hilcho Shabbos perspective on a carpeted area, everyone's going to agree that's the same thing like the shulchan. Same like the shulchan. So the question will be in a hard court, right? Let's say again, kids are gonna have, they have access to a gym and they want to kick around the soccer ball right inside. So what's going to be the halacha over there? So that's going to be machlokas. Shvisa Shabbos ultimately again would still say that that is aser, but the Aruch Shulchan and the Nishma Shabbos would ultimately both say that it's mutter. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh, so now we come to chelik base. So let's say let's begin tonight's. Let's begin tonight's Mamre Kolos. Right, different malachas. That's what I'm saying. There's, there are other associated malachas over here of kotzer, okedavr mimakom gidulo. Correct, but that's a different malacha. We want to just stay focused on the on the chorish pieces of it. Why so, is it inside a gym or a house? Why, why is it 
I'm sorry? It's not, it's not, the chilek, actually, I'm sorry, let me explain it better. The chilek is not between a gym and a house. The chilek is actually between carpeting and solid floor. It's interesting that the post can bring down that a carpeted area, I didn't, I didn't put this on the sheet, but this is also the same Shvisas Shabbos, that ultimately, again, the post can bring down that a carpeted area has the din of a covered area, and a covered area has the din of a shulchan. Which is interesting, right? That in other words, in other words, a carpeted area is considered to be fundamentally removed, almost like from the din of karka, from the din of karka, and therefore again falls into the falls into the shulchan category. Hmm. All right, yeah, interesting, interesting. All right, Tabal, say so good. So that's so that's by ball playing, and again, that's good. So now we at least we at least know we know what's unequivocally usher, what unequivocally usher, and again we know that kind of outside of playing soccer on the grass. You have different shades. You have different shades. My fundamental machlokas. Good. So we'll say with that, let's begin. Let's begin the second set of Marimakoma. So we'll say. So now, in the other piece of Choresh is the act of making a furrow, and this again, number one. So this is the hakdama. This is the introduction of that the Mishnah brings down that we saw actually in last week. Should I underline the line? He says, "Osha asa charitz." So remember again, we, we've we've kind of been focused in last week's shir much more on the concept of hashva'as gumos, of leveling out the ground. Now what the Mishnabur is bringing down over here is that also the concept of choresh also is shiasacharitz, making a hole or a depression. So literally again, person goes in and sticks their finger into the ground, makes a hole into the ground. Technically speaking, that's choresh. That's choresh. So here's what's interesting. Take a look at number two. So the Gemara Masech says as follows. Now, say this is, the, the topic over here is actually a little bit different. We're going to touch on it. So Rabbi Huda Omer, says, generally you can't drag things on dirt on Shabbos. Because the act of dragging, we're going to get more into this in just a moment. The act of dragging something on the dirt, ultimately again, could create an issue of harishi, make a farrow. But ultimately, Rabbi Huda says, except a wagon, an agolo. Why? Because a wagon, when it goes over dirt, she mepeshi koveshes. And I will say, koveshes, we're going to see the Gemara says, mepeshi koveshes, in avacharitz lo avda. So the Gemara is a kasha, but it actually turns out to be a statement. That interestingly enough, the wagon doesn't make a charitz, but rather it does what's called koveshes. What's the definition of koveshes? Rashi says in number three, mepeshi koveshes, Rashi says, charitz in the Essentially, koveshes means to compress the earth. So here the Gemara makes this interesting distinction between charitz, which means making a furrow, which essentially means displacing earth, displacing earth, earth that was in one place and I actively moved it somewhere else, versus compressing the earth. Now, compressing also still dis- d- d- displaces, but Lamaise, you can see the visual difference, right? One is pressing down on the earth, one is digging into the earth. So the Gemara wants to suggest over here that the din of Choresh is dafka a din ultimately of a charitz, of making a furrow. But if you're just Kovesh, if you just compress the earth, then ultimately, again, that is not the Malacha. Now, you're going to see where this comes up. In just a little bit. Let's take a look at the Shulchan Archer number four. So Shulchan Archer writes as follows. I will say, the truth is, we're going to see over here that actually this there's going to be some really fascinating lumdus that we're going to do over here. So let's begin this. So the Shulchan Archer writes as follows. It says, 
means I perform an act, I perform an act, and the act results in a malacha. But I did not have in mind for that malacha to occur. It's called Davashen Miskaven. So therefore, Shlach writes, Davashen Miskaven Mutter. So in general, if you do an act, and the act inadvertently results in a malacha, but you did not intend, you did not want the malacha to occur, ultimately, again, that is Mutter. So what's a good example of this? He says, I'm sorry, gives one qualification. We spoke about this a little bit last week. That's assuming that what? That the action is not a psik resha. What's a psik resha? A psik resha is also unintended. It's also unintended. So if psik resha is unintended, where, where lies your sin? A psik resha is unintended, but, but unavoidable. Unavoidable. Right? It is definitely going to happen. Versus a davashin miskaving, which is unintended, unintended and, and avoidable. And avoidable. So the Gemara Sassar says, listen, so Shulamach says like this, is motor. So if I'm going to do something that results in a malacha, but that is not my intention, that is not my intention, the act is motor, as long as the malacha result is avoidable. But if the malacha result is unavoidable, then Lamaisa, that's called the Psikresha, and it's going to be Aser. So for example, Hilchach, this is a classic case, Hilchach, Right? I want to drag a chair. I'm sitting in my backyard. I want to drag a chair across my backyard. The halacha is, I'm allowed to do it. I'm allowed to do it. As long as what? As long as I don't have intention to make a furrow. Now, it's a little bit more than that. It's as long as I don't have intention. And what? And what? And, it's, and it is avoidable. In other words, and it's possible to drag the chair from point A to point B without making a furrow. So as long as it's possible, as long as it's possible to do so, I'm allowed to drag the chair from point A to point B. I, what happens if the furrow happens? If it happens, it's okay. It's a davashen miskavin, as long as it was technically avoidable. If it was unavoidable, then it becomes what? Psikresha. And psikresha is also. Okay, now watch this. Now it's interesting. The Shulchan says you could do this with a big chair, with a little chair. Mr. Bird number five comments. He says, "Bing gedolim, the mitzrach leili samak seifa." So again, it will say. So now the Mr. Bird deals with, well, why is someone dragging a chair to begin with? He says, why? Because it's a tircha, right? It's a tircha to go ahead, right? It's a krich, as they say, right? It's a, it's just annoying to carry it on my shoulder. It is mutter to drag the chair. I, but it may result in a faro. It's okay. So that's that's not that's not your intention. That's not your intention. The Kasa Magen Avram. Listen to this. I'll we'll say this is incredible. Magen Avram writes the Gedolim Biyoser, a very large item. Oser Ligro Ala Aretz the Psikreishahu de Bevadai Yasecharitz. So I'll we'll say so. Okay, Magen Avram says. Listen, if you have a very big chair, let's say a very heavy item, where you know if you drag it, it's going to create a furrow. Then what? What's the halacha? Can't drag it. Why not? Why not? Psikresha. Okay, that's obvious. Here's the cons. Watch this. Get ready for this. And last line number five. Wow. I will say, look what, now watch this. The Mogina of Rome says, by the way, a very large chair, you can't even drag it across your living room. I, but let's say I have marble floors. I have marble floors. Right, so nothing, no, nothing's going to happen on those floors. The Magen Avram says, if this is the kind of chair that's big enough, 
that were you to drag it outside, it would absolutely make a furrow. So in other words, there'd be a psik ratio on the outside. You can't move, you can't drag it on the inside either. What are we concerned about? What are we concerned about? We're concerned ultimately again that halachalamaisah, you may come to get confused and think if it's motor in the house, it's motor out of the house. I just want to point out, possibly just a second. You know what this is according to the Magad Avram? You know what happens? Let's say you're having a lot of company for Shabbos lunch, and let's say the happens to be the configuration of your home is like you have a home. Where, I don't know what they call the layout, but like where your living room and dining room are like one one area. So you have a great chap. What do you want to do? You want to move around some furniture. So again, it's common. What do you do with the couch? You just push the couch. According to the Magen Avram, you would not be allowed to do that on Shabbos, right? Why? It's interesting. Not because of like, we learn these things, right? Why wouldn't you be allowed to do it? It's incredible. You can't do it. Why? Chorish. It's incredible, right? Because the Magen Avram says, we wouldn't allow you to do that because again, remember, you couldn't do that outside, right? You couldn't do that outside. Because outside, this would be a psikresha piece of furniture. And the Magen Avram says, whatever is a psikresha outside, okay, it must be incredible, right? This is my simbachol Shabbos that people. Okay, we're going to get everything. We're going to get everything, right? So my simbachol Shabbos that people go ahead and move around furniture. The Magen Avram says, if you can't move it outside because it's psikresha, you can't move it inside either. Pretty dramatic position. The Gazvinon, and the number five, the Gazvinon, Merutsov, Atra Ed Merutsov. Because we're concerned that if you're allowed to do it inside, even though, again, the inside, the inside floor is, is a hard floor, and therefore there's no furrow issue. We're concerned, we'll let you do it inside, you may come do it outside. And both say, now watch this. Look at number six, the Sharetzian. So both say, this is a great piece of lumdus that actually is going to inform a number of fascinating Lamaisa cases. So take a look. So number, source number six. By the letter base, you see it, I apologize, I know it's a little bit grainy. He writes over here as follows, he says, Mistabra, here we go. Dim kol b'nei ha'ir, dim kol ha'ir, merutzaf ba'avamim o b'krashim, yesh l'hakil bazeh. So again, interesting that the Sharetzian says that if you live in a place, if you live in a place where the majority of areas are paved areas, then you don't have to worry about this halacha, right? You don't have to worry about this halacha, right? So he says, va'afilu im nachmir, Lekamon bekibud. Yeah, somebody, somebody must hear that. No, okay, good. All right, good. Some some of them go undetected, but that mamish. Okay, so good. Someone says, "Hacha, listen to this." Well, say, "See now, li, li, listen, listen to this halacha." So we'll say, "See now, watch this. This is absolutely fascinating." So now he says, "If if now his lashner is interesting." He says, "The imkol ha'ir merutzav ba'avanim o ba'krashim heishlahakal bazeh." So what the what the sharetzim seems to be describing over here is that, let's say you live in a place like a more urban area, a more urban area where the majority of spaces are, what do they call it, hardscape? Is that the term? Hardscape, you know, whatever. Paved, paved, hard surface areas. See, he writes, There's no reason to be machmir like this, like the Magen Avram. He says, Even if I'll say, even though there are some, now remember, I'll say, remember, the, the psak of the Shulchan Aruch was that you're not allowed to sweep, right? You're not allowed to sweep because what are we concerned about? We're concerned that even if you sweep a hard surface, what's going to happen? You may come to go ahead and sweep a non-hard surface. Then we saw the Berhalacha, the Berhalacha who has this whole kula over there, which is how we conduct ourselves contemporarily. Sharetzian says, even those who are machmir by sweeping, listen to this, hacha kiltfei, this case is easier. Why is this case more? Watch this. Da'afilu be'ena merutzaf. 
Rebbe say, even if you have a situation, Rebbe say, let's say, let, let's go through this for a second. Let's say you drag, right? You, you have a piece of patio furniture and you drag it in your yard and it's hard, it's too, right? It's heavy. And so it's a psikresha case. It is definitely going to create a furrow. So the charity has something that he says, in reality, it's not such a lachic problem. I'll tell you why. I watched this. This is fascinating. He says, it's not a I'm telling you why. So now watch this. What the Sharatina is telling us is, come on, let, let's be honest over here. Even if you took a heavy piece of furniture, which is definitely going to cause a furrow, and you drag that across your yard, it is not an Isra Da'oraisa. Why is it not Isra Da'oraisa? Watch this. He says, for a couple of reasons. Number one, Echad, Da'achor Chiyasa, Hu Bazer, Rak Chofer Kila Achar Yad. Number one, Abba this is not an Isra Da'oraisa. Why is it not Isra Da'oraisa? Because remember again, it's true you're making a furrow. But how are you making that furrow? How are you making it? With a shinui. Kila'achar means a shinui. I was about to say, this is not the way people make furrows. Right? People don't drag, don't drag furniture to make furrows. So number one, the whole act is an act of a shinui. I was about to say, remember again, we know in Halichol Shabbos, once you do something with a shinui, what does that automatically do? What does it automatically do? It makes it a dirabonon. I was about to say, that, that's off the bat. Right? That's off the bat. Once something is done in an unusual way, it's been relegated from the status of a daraisa to a dirabonon. So that's number one. Number two, va'od. Further than again in general, this is this is what Makalkel. Why is it Makalkel? Why is it Makalkel? Makalkel means what? Means what? It's a destructive act. If it's happening in your house, it's really destructive. Right? And even in your yard, in your backyard, assuming that you're not a farmer and right, you're plowing a field, Lamai said it's destroying the property. So number one, it's a shinui, right? It's a shinui. It's a right, it's kilakriyad. Number two, it's makalko. Va'alkulam, get ready for this. Va'alkulam, halo einu mechavin lozeh, v'rak psikresha delonechale. Furthermore, again, I will say, furthermore, it's a psikresha, right? Delonechale. Psikresha delonechale means that while it is an act that is unavoidable, it is undesirable. So psikresha delonechale means an act which results in, a, in an unavoidable malacha, but the unavoidable malacha is undesirable. I don't want it. I don't want it. So watch this. And I will say, Psikresha, the lo is also a derabanon. Watch this. This is fascinating. The, the Sharat Sion introduces us to a fascinating kula. That when you have a psikresha delonechale, which again, let's just define our terms. Psikresha delonechale, how do we define it? How do we define it? An act which results in an unavoidable malacha, but not desirable. It's not just that I don't want it. Delonechale means like I actively don't want it. Like it's undesirable. So, so listen to this. So Sharazian writes, we have a psikresha delonechale that is also a double dirabanan. It's mutter. So watch this. So watch this. So therefore, I'm going to say, so what's the case of this? Watch this. So now, if you, are, if, you were, if you were dragging your heavy piece of patio furniture across your yard in a way that it's definitely going to cause a charitz. So I'm going to say, let's go through this. Number one, the whole thing, as much as a psikresha, what kind of psikresha is it? What kind of psikresha? Dolonechale. Furthermore, again, it's a trade derabanon. There's two derabanons about. Number one, it's kila'achriyad. It's done bishinui, right? It's not the wrong way to make a pharaoh. And number two, and number two, ultimately it's kilkul. It's, a, it's, it's, it's destructive in nature. I'm destroying the land. It's destructive in nature. 
When you have a psikration to lonechale, accompanied by two drabanons, it's motor. I'll say incredible. So therefore, again, it's fascinating. Therefore, the Sharatzion says Sharatzion pretty much disagrees with the Magen Avram. The Sharatzion says it would technically be mutter to go ahead and move the heavy piece of furniture across the yard. Now, I will say now again, I want to point something out that halacha lemaisa, you still wouldn't do it. In other words, that at the end of the day, if we're talking about moving a heavy piece of furniture across the backyard, you still wouldn't do it even though it's a psikresh lo with two drabanans. The point that the Sharetzina is trying to make is, on the Magid Avram's concept of moving heavy furniture in the house, right? So the Magid Avram wants to say, you can't move heavy furniture in the house because essentially any act that would be a psikresh on karka outside, right, or on a dirt floor, is going to be usher even on a, on, a, on a hard surface. All the Sharetzina is saying is, that can't be true. That can be true. That is such a halachic stretch. Because if we're honest with ourselves, even the act of moving a heavy piece of furniture in your backyard should technically be mutter. Okay, we don't do it. We don't do it. Atu, atu, whatever. We don't do it. But Lamaisa, to extend that to moving heavy furniture in your house, the Sharatian says, I think, is an incorrect application. So I will say, so I really, I really, so, so the, so the Sharatian introduces us this concept of a trade rabbanon. Really, it's really the reverse, right? It's really, yeah, and there's two additional layers of the Rabbanans associated with it. Technically speaking, that makes it mutter. So what we have over here is as follows. Can you move heavy furniture? Can you move heavy furniture? That has same that furniture, which is the type that if you were moving it outside, it would definitely be a psikresha. Mungin Avram would say absolutely unequivocally no. Sharatzion, absolutely unequivocally yes. So I'm, say, I'm sorry. Nechale means, um, delo nechale means it's, you don't want it. Nechale means you do want it. Delo nechale, you do not want it. Even the Sharetzian is only being made if you live in a place where the entire city has flooring on their houses. Really, it should have been put there even, even if it's not. Correct, correct. He's, he's adding on. Really, this is not usr. Allah has come of a come when you keep adding on the additional layers to it. So, let's take a look at number seven. Let's get some other applications of this. So, by the way, I, I, I do think that the, you know, the moving furniture in the house, it, it, no, am I the only person who runs into this issue on Shabbos? No one else runs into this? Right? This happens all the time. Right? People come over on a really, last minute company, you have to rearrange the table, move in a new table, move the table itself. Again, large, large pieces of furniture. That would definitely make hearts among and Avram says you're not allowed to do it on Shabbos. Pasha I'm sorry. We usually don't drag them. We would pick it up or someone would help you pick it up. Yeah, Enochinami, correct. But I'm saying, but like a table, you could see yourself pushing it. Take a look at number seven. Shemir Shabbos Kilchus, all right, says as follows. He says, Mutter Lassia, Agolasila, Demir Shabbos Yom. We'll say another case. Remember again, I will say just to kind of keep the, keep the context, we're talking over here of the din of Koveshes, right? We established based on the Gemara number two and in, the, and in the, and Rashi and in number, right, really number two, that, that the concept ultimately again of Choresh is the creation of a Choretz, the creation of a Faro, which means the act of digging and displacing dirt. But an act which simply compresses dirt ultimately is not going to be a problem. So Shemir Shabbos Kochetzal number seven writes as follows. He says, Mutul you could push a carriage, a stroller, on Shabbos. He says, Lo rak bikvish salul, not only just like on a regular road, Ella gam even on sand. Now, sand doesn't just have to mean sand. He means on dirt. On dirt. 
and not only just in a straight line. You want to do figure eights, like you know, with the uh, with the carriage, with the stroller, right? Not a problem. You could do that as well. In other words, say his point over here is that Allah so you could push push a stroller, even though it's clearly going to make an indentation into the into the. I will say by the way, what's true with the stroller is true with the wheelchair, right? Again, you could push these things on dirt surfaces, even though they're clearly making an indentation. If you look in the footnote over here, he says in Sadiq Tess, Shamati Turn the page, page two. Because what are you doing? You're only pushing the dirt to the sides. Okay, see, Rabbi gets into other pieces over here. That Allah again, he says that it also might be sand. And by sand, again, we'll discuss, we'll, we'll talk about sand in just a little bit. Uh, soft, 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 sand. Afetichulach means uh, very loose, loose, uh, loose, loose. Yeah, which which means sand, essentially sand. He says velo shayach lesser am shomri poy ara. Deserve skip a little bit, skip a little bit. Vechevan, here we go. Vechevan the psik reisha delo nechale. Right, das haarach lahakas. Was here it is again. You keep seeing this over and over and over. This psik reisha delo nechale. Right. Remember again. Even though, I will say, one can make the argument. Now, obviously, the stroller case is going to be different because the stroller case, again, is not a charitz. It's koveshes. It's koveshes. So that, to begin with, is not the iser of charish. But in addition, Shalom Zalman also, but still, still even from a charish perspective, charish perspective, sorry, it's psikreish to the He says, mikomakom, but seiruf im zesheinu elakila achar yad, vegam eino elamakalkel. You see this keep coming up over and over again. There's a lot of room to navigate in these cases. Because again, this case is not really a problem to begin with because it's compressing as opposed to making the charitz. But even if it was a charitz, number one, number one, ultimately it's a psikreish lo nechale. Number two, it's kila achayar, shinui. And number three, it's derech kilkul. It's really destructive in nature. So incredible. All right, so we don't have to go on. Take a look at what say number eight. Number eight. So some other examples, some other examples of choresh. <clears throat> so, say, so again, that stroller case is a very shy case. Remember, whatever is true for a stroller is going to ultimately, again, be true, be true for a wheelchair as well. One can push a stroller on Shabbos, one can push a wheelchair, even through, even through dirt, even through mud, even though, again, it's clear that one is making a depression, one is, one is imprinting on the, on the earth. Lamaisa, that's called Koveshes. That's called Koveshes. It's not called Choresh. Incredible. Look at number eight. Another example I'll say. So here, same Haktar from Mishnah Baruch. Look at the underlying line. He says, Oshahayasham Tal Katan, Veshpilo, Oshahayasham Makom Namuch, Veshva Osa. So say, the other definition of Choresh is the, removal, is the removal ultimately, again, of obstacles from the ground. The removal of obstacles. In other words, if you remember, Choresh means, Choresh means the act of We've already established. It doesn't just mean plowing, but it means what? Any act which ultimately readies the soil for planting or readies the soil for, for plowing, right? So amongst that is removing obstacles from the ground. So for example, in number nine, the Egle Tal brings down, he says, Rabbi say the act of removing dead plants. So let's say, for example, again, now, again, removing a living plant from the ground on Shabbos is a problem we're going to see because of Kotzer. Right, there's a malach of harvesting. The definition of harvesting is you uproot something from the place where it grew. What happens if you have a dead plant? Plant is dead, right? Or weeds that are dead, and you just want to pull it out of the ground. So there's no coats there. So again, that would still, Egle Tal brings down, that's the malach of Choresh. That's the malach of Choresh. 
we will see, leaving aside the Moktzah considerations, removing stones, removing stones from the field, from a ground, from Karka, would also be Cholish, because these would be, classic, these would be classic acts that one would do to ready soil for plowing. In number 10, Shisa Shabbos, for example, just do these outside, he says, fertilizing a field is also Cholish. Right? Because again, remember, when you fertilize the field, you're readying it to be planted, right? You're readying it to be plowed. That's also called Chodesh. Good. Take a look at number 11. Mishnah Bura comments over. He says as follows. Well, this is fascinating. He says, an exception. I mentioned this, right? But I mentioned it outside. Sand. There's no Chodesh when it comes to sand. When it comes to sand. Right? Now, why is that? Because I will say, the whole Chapa of Chodesh is what? What's the Chapa of Chodesh? You make a furrow and? And? And it stays. So therefore, again, the act of making a hole in sand, of making a hole in sand, ultimately, again, will not be chorish. Now, the truth is, the post can bring now, what happens if you have wet sand, right? So wet sand, technically speaking, so again, this could be a potential issue. So that's why, again, allowing kids to play in a sandbox on Shabbos, again, we're leaving aside the mukta considerations right now, but from a chorish perspective, there's absolutely, no, even though with the shovels and with everything, there's no charisha in that, there's no chorish in that, because Lamaisa, again, no furrow remains. Wet sand, wet sand could potentially be an issue. Now, I was saying that the truth is, the majority of post it's not really an issue, based on last week's share, that we saw that the only time that soil, that something is subject to chorish is when, is, is when ultimately, again, it is dirt that is capable of, of planting. But it may still be asr if the sand itself is wet. But for our purposes right now, soft sand, dry sand, no problem of chorish. So our last topic for tonight, just in the, in the literally, and hopefully we'll get to, we'll be able to finish it, is we'll say an interesting application of this is the concept of removing mud from shoes. We're not, actually, we're not going to finish this, but at least I'll start it tonight. We're already falling behind. All right. So we'll say, take a look at number 12. Take a look at number 12. This is a good part. We're on our own schedule. We're fine. Whatever, whatever, whatever it is, it is. So let's say, so take a look at number 12. So let's at least begin this, and then, and then we'll read the Shulchan Maybe we stop for tonight. He says as follows. Tit sha'al raglo. So let's say a person has mud on his foot or on his shoe. Let's go with the case of a shoe, right? You step on, you step on, you step in the mud. You step in the mud. And Lamaisa, then your, your shoe is caked in mud. So obviously you want to scrape it off. So what's the You could scrape your shoe on like, on a kosa, on like on a wall, right? On a structure, but you can't scrape your shoe against the ground. Interesting halacha. Why not? Dilma gumos. Now listen, this is actually very interesting, right? Because the reflexive reaction when you get something on your shoe is to rub it against the ground. Shulchan Aruch says you cannot do that on Shabbos. Why? It's logical. Why? Because the act of rubbing your foot against the ground, against the earth, has the ability to level out the earth. And of course, that would be halachically problematic. Now, others say, others say you're not even allowed to wipe it against the wall of a structure. We'll see why that is. So the Ramah says, and there are those who permit both of these things, that you could wipe it on the wall or you could wipe it on the ground. So I will say, so let me just show you one, one quick halacha, look at number 13, so I will say, so now let, let's go with the first opinion. I understand, I understand why wiping it on the ground is going to be problematic because the act of rubbing my foot against the ground really runs the risk of going ahead and leveling out the ground. So I, so, what, and, but obviously rubbing it against the structure is fine. Like I rub my foot against the wall. It's not a big deal. Why would you say that rubbing it against the wall is problematic? Look at the Mishra number 14. This is interesting. 
The act of rubbing mud against the wall has the appearance of what? Of adding to the building. Of adding to the building, right? I'm adding mud to the building. And therefore, again, So we'll say, so we'll see. So essentially, we have a fundamental machlokes. Three machlokes. First opinion says that Allah said you could wipe your foot on, on the wall, but not on the ground. Second, right? Second opinion ultimately says you can't even wipe it on the wall. Third opinion says that you could wipe it on everything. We'll stop over here for tonight, I will say. But let me ask Hashem continue with this next week. Sure, all right, so maybe one, one more week. No, we're not gonna even spend next week already. We're gonna move into Zorea. Emir Hashem will spend the first couple of moments finishing up, finishing up Choresh. Both sides, tremendous Shkayach. Ahmed Yomi, again, for those who want to join us, begins in five minutes in here. Really? Even this last thing that was mentioned.